and welcome to Between East and West, a podcast that explores the lives of those of Chinese descent living in the British Isles and the part that both China and the United Kingdom play in their cultural identities and their day-to-day lives. On this episode, we're taking a deep dive into the question of Christianity. So where do the communities of Chinese Christians living in the UK fit into this equation? The existence of Chinese churches across the country raises an important question. To what extent is Christianity an aspect of Western influence and integration? And to what extent can it be considered an element of Chinese identity? To explore this, we visited one such church in the city of Edinburgh. Hello, I'm Stuart, and I had the pleasure of visiting the Chinese Evangelical Church of Edinburgh, um, which is located in the Newington area, south side. And it really gave me a real window into that world, which I really didn't know much about, to be perfectly honest with you. I had a very different um, perspective of that situation, of that world, than I knew about. And one of the first people I talked to of the church was a man called Stuart Houston. And he's been there for, I think, from the very beginning. And he gave me some really interesting insights into how the church started and where it's going. Well, the church was built in the 1870s, but my great-grand-uncle was the assistant minister here in 1892-93. And there has been a member of the family here ever since. So there's been five continuous generations here at this church. The Chinese Evangelical Church first established in Holy Corner at the Eric Little Center. Eric Little having been born in Tianjin in China, northeast China. And his own father was a missionary out there. But he grew up, came to Edinburgh as a boy to get his education. And he established a lot of Chinese contacts because of coming from China. And the Chinese church therefore began their church over in Holy Corner, the Eric Little Center. But they outgrew their numbers, outgrew their premises, and they asked if they could come here and conduct their worship and their church, establish their church here. And they've been here for the last 18 years, I think it is. On the last Sunday of the month, of every month, all three, the English, Cantonese and Mandarin, will be in the sanctuary together as one group, speaking all three languages, not quite at the same time, but using modern technology to translate whatever language. But they will conduct from the front of the church the two languages, and the third language will be using technology at the back of the church to do the instant translation. So the serve, yeah, the whole service will probably be an hour, an hour and a quarter, an hour and 20 minutes. So yeah, it's, it's great. And it's totally different from the Scottish church who worship here in the morning. This is very traditional. At 9.30, we have the young families, young children here with a more lively music song approach, whereas the 1045 service will be more structured and recognized as a Presbyterian form of worship for the older generation. So 
to go from that in the morning to the Chinese ecumenical service in the afternoon is fantastic. I enjoy it very much. People say, well, how can you do both? And I say, very easily. It is, after all, the same expression of Christianity which people want to explore. One thing I took from that that I thought was really interesting was all the stuff about the missionaries going over. Um, would you like to expand on that at all? Well, yeah, I, I found that very interesting as well. But basically, because I think that really emphasizes the fact that Christianity, you know, was not a homegrown thing in China itself. It was packaged, kind of like, well, at least from what Stuart told us, packaged from here to China. Obviously, made known, maybe not only Britain. But it was interesting to me how I feel that emphasizes the fact that there is some British influence there. But uh, so it was at the church um, where I spoke with Vicky, who was a pastoral assistant for the church. And she was born and raised in Hong Kong. And she first told me how she became a Christian. My grandma, uh, my late grandma, is from my mother's side. She is a Christian. So it's quite natural that um, that... Uh, the heritage, the, the Christian heritage, uh, came from my grandma and then to my mom. So you were saying um, you, you were saying during that that um, the people there they don't need to feel their they don't they don't need to put on a face or they they don't need to feel like they're display competence or they're being good or able. And that, I want you to tell me if I'm completely wrong, but am I from what I've um, read, what I've seen of like of Chinese culture? That seems very important. Yeah, to, so <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So for Chinese faith, saving faith is really important. Um, so yeah, so so people would feel they might stunned about oh, do I just need to being who I am? I don't need to save my face. Be just being comfortable to be you. Would you will be accepted or being loved anyway? Yeah, this is how this is how Christianity is about. Really interesting uh, to hear what Vicky said there. I thought she spoke very eloquently. Um, from that, Stuart, can you conclude that Christianity is is it part of Chinese tradition, Chinese culture, or is it a fully British one, or is it just a stupid question essentially? <laughs> oh, no, question is a stupid question. I would I wouldn't say that. <laughs> but uh, no, I, I think uh, yes and no. I would say, uh, but I think it's very interesting also to just make distinct maybe the different experiences of people from Hong Kong and the people from mainland China. And obviously there's, they have very different experiences and that's uh, chiefly due to the role of like, colonization that played a big role in Hong Kong's identity. And um, and so obviously we've talked about the missionaries, that also plays part, but I think with Hong Kong, especially with the colonization, there's that famili familiarity with Christianity. There'll be churches in Hong Kong where maybe they're not as prominent and maybe not as of a Western design as is in the mainland, uh, especially maybe at the time when Vicky was growing up. So I found that very interesting. I think that's something that we should definitely remember and take into account um, when, we, when we're thinking about Chinese identity and the role Christianity plays in that. And following on from that, um, one, another thing I found really interesting um, that she was mentioning as she was describing to me what it means to be a Christian, like from her point of view, uh, she mentioned how there is not really a need to put on a face and hide one's emotions as a Christian. 
Now, I found this very interesting, um, as to hide one's emotions is parts, can be just can be argued as, as a big part of traditional Chinese social mores. And so it's something I did ask Vicky about, about this potential clash uh, between Christian faith and Chinese values. In Chinese community or Chinese tradition, there is a lot of um, ancestry worship or like uh, other other religion, Buddhism, Taoism, or just, oh, I think it's mainly ancestry worship. Uh, myself don't have much struggle because my family background is already Christian, but uh, some of my friends or the students that I encounter, they, they always have the struggle that, um, or oh, once I become a Christian, does it mean that I can't worship the ancestors or even to bow to them when I visit their grave? Um, how would my family um, judge me? Yeah. Um, am I not respecting my ancestors if I not like bow them or so this this is what just one of the examples of such conflicts yeah with the tradition yeah how do they how is that conflict resolved usually or is it not resolved uh we would um uh, advise them to present it in a nice way in a polite way say it's not just oh i I am a Christian. I do. Th I don't do this. Um, that would offend those those who are like older than you. And we would say you can just explain to them because oh, I my identity is a bit different now. So I don't do what I used to do. Like I don't do the um, ancestry worship. I don't um, um, offer, you know, the offering to my ancestor, but I still respect them, yeah. Um, there are some dates in the year, some holidays and festivals that the family would go to visit, we call it visit grave, to visit the ancestors. Um, so this is, we call it showtime, <laughs> that you can present your faith in a decent way, explain to them why you don't do things that you used to do before just because you don't worship now but you still respect the ancestor so yeah i thought this bit was really quite revealing um for a number of factors and reasons to be honest obviously christian values uh, put forward like very similar in general western societies today um it's sort of all the same from over europe uh, over to the americas as well um, I think it suggests essentially Christian values themselves um, aid in the adoption of understanding the Western mindset. Oh yeah, I, d I definitely agree with that. And, and she also does mention that the clash between the traditional worship of ancestors against the worship of Jesus, that she makes those very distinct. And she explains how she attempts to toe that line between, um, between the two while prioritizing a Christian faith. So this does suggest that the traditions of China are challenged by an outside force, the outside force being Christianity, challenging those Chinese mores, but based on what Vicky said there. And, and sure, Christianity originates from the Middle East, as we talked about, uh, but it cannot be argued that, especially in Hong Kong, it does feel that Western influence is there in light of what we have discussed. Yeah. 
So what about the integration angle? Um, Christianity may be of Western influence, but it sounds like Christianity is still an aspect of their lives in China, um, rather than it just being a case of them adopting a British mm. value. Yeah, that's something I explored with Vicky as well. I feel how people in China see Christianity is also quite important in this. So I asked, I asked Vicky about that and, and the part that that plays. For students from China, from mainland China, they would, uh, in their English, many of them tell me that, told, told me that many, uh, when they learn English, um, Bible is one of the readings in their syllabus. So in their mind, it's very English thing. <laughs> Christianity is a very English thing, although, as you say, it's from Middle East, as you all know, Israel. Um, so, and also the, the paintings, the pictures are all from the uh, Europe bit and they portrayed uh, Jesus and all the Bible-related stuff are all like white people. <laughs> um, so, so for them it's quite, um, it's a Western product. Um, they would embrace it as a culture as a culture um, when he moved to UK. Um, and it, it is a good way to understand UK culture, so to say. Obviously, it sounds like Christianity could be almost an introduction to our culture, but I don't know, is that... Yeah, uh, I feel getting this sort of taste of British culture, of which Christianity, like in, from my, from my, um, from my feel, Christianity makes up such a big part of that foundation. I feel it certainly ease people, like ease that transition into Western mores, I feel. But beyond that, in terms of practical integration, I, I was surprised by how little Christian faith plays. Before I visited the church and spoke to people like Vicky, I had thought that the majority of the congregation found a Christian faith in Britain, which would be a stronger indicator that it is part of integration into British society and the adoption of British values. But when I asked Vicky about that part of Christian, that Christianity plays, in integration, I did not get the answer I expected. Yeah, I think we'll get that wrapped up. Um, we will catch all you listeners. Thank you very much for uh, tuning in today. Um, and we'll speak to you in a couple of weeks. Bye-bye.